uh, let's say that's IR and then this is ER. Okay. Okay. So I turn this into IR. The relative position of the other bone is ER. Okay. Right. If I keep yeah. turning, if I keep turning this, there's a constraint that's eventually going to turn everything together. Annette. Hi, greetings. Hi. Um, uh, I, I like the cohesive of this model. This model is very coherent. Uh, the, Thanks. And every, every time I learn something, another piece in the puzzle, it's when, when it is in congruency with what I studied before, I, I really like it. Uh, but I have some very basic lacunes, things that I don't understand. And, and they are very basic. When last time, last time you were talking about when, when two ERs, when we, when we do two ERs at, uh, at both sides, then it creates uh, an IR, what, what I understood. If, if, if the two uh, sides, for example, of the pelvis, of the appendicular uh, skeleton is going uh, IR, then the, the, the spine, the axial skeleton is going uh, ER. So when, when it comes to the sides, it's very easy to understand for me what is IR and what is ER. When it comes to the midline, uh, sorry, just a minute. I, uh, uh, I don't understand how, how can the spine be uh, ER or IR? I mean, what is the reference point? If, if you look at the glenoid for some, you can, you can, you can know if, what is the reference point, point in the spine when you talk about ER or IR? Okay. So you're thinking transverse plane. I don't. Okay. If something is expanding, okay, something is expanding, right? Does the density increase or decrease? The, if, if you expand? If something, anything, if something is expanding. Yeah, the, the density decreases. Okay. If the density decreases, does it go up? or down relative up. to gravity? Up. Okay. So if I see something, so I'm at, so if I take my hand, okay, and I bend it like that, mm -hmm. can you appreciate the fact that it, it compressed on one side and it expanded on the other? Yes. Okay, so this is the expansion and this is the compression, correct? Right. Compression is internal rotation, expansion is external rotation. Ah. So when it comes to the spine, is it on the, when you talk about IR and DR, do you mean you, you look at more, more at the sagittal plane? I, I don't I know. look at the sagittal plane at all. I know. Anything that, ex, anything that expands, anything that expands is going to move me up and away from, from the ground. That's ah. the rule. Right? I have up and I have down. Right? I have up and down. So what about the spine? What happens? What about the spine? 
Like what's spe what's special about the spine? Because it's in the midline. So where is the uh, ER? Where is the IR? If you so you mean in, instead of <clears throat> instead of right. looking. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk I'm gonna I'm gonna say dirty words okay so so we can have a conversation because I I get to speak both languages, sure. right? Uh, hey hey uh, uh, Manuel, uh, is your Spanish Spain or is it uh, Mexican? Uh, it's Latin American. Okay, so uh, I'm I'm gonna speak I'm gonna speak. Uh, 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 you, is it would it be European Spanish? I don't even know how to how to even say this correctly. Anyway, um, I'm going to try to speak Spanish uh, in both ways. Okay? okay, what you call a lordosis, what you call extension, Annette? Uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, they. Hey, are... hang on. So I mm -hmm. learned that in school too. Mm -hmm. Okay, I learned that in school too. Um, what in what direction? In what direction do you move when you increase the lordosis of the lumbar spine? Uh, Up or down? Uh, I know it's going anteriorly. It's not going anteriorly. Center of gravity is going uh, in. Uh, uh, Center it, of gravity is going anteriorly. Uh, okay. Center of gravity is going to move forward. Spine uh -huh. is not. So hang on, hang on. Look at the top of the lordosis. Okay. okay. What okay. direction? What direction does the vertebra actually tilt? Down. At the top of the lordosis, it's tipping backwards. Oh. At the bottom of the lordosis, it's tipping forwards. Well, that's in total conflict, isn't it? Right. But yet there's an inward curve. Right. Where does the center of gravity go when you have an inward curve? It goes, the center of gravity will go forward, but it also goes down. Right. Yes. Down. Uh-huh. So that's, you're going down. IR is down. It's a down, okay. it's a downward force. Oh, thank you for clarifying this. So you okay. mean IR and ER, uh, instead of looking uh, like this in, on the rotation, you, you look up and down. Um, and another another very basic question: When you talk about the shoulder ER or IR, mm -hmm. do you do you do you relate more to the femur or more to the to the socket to the glenoid? Yes, both. I mean, yeah. they. Are, are, I mean, it's it's a it's it is a. It is a representation of a position, right? Okay. And there is relative motions between bones or orientations in a direction. So when you talk about relative motion, uh, the, the IR of the, of the, of the humerus, sorry, uh, will be quite a bit in opposition to what is happening in the... There's relative motion. That's what would happen. And, and so then you would mm -hmm. describe that as such. Mm -hmm. Okay. Shrug your shoulders. Okay. Is that IR or ER? W what do you refer to? To the shoulders? There you go. So that's what I wanted you to say. Oh. Okay. What are we referring to? 
Okay, because it matters now, because I I just created an orientation. Right. Okay. Uh -huh. So there's going to be an IR and there's going to be an ER. Okay. If I was talking about your your glenoid, I would say you just ER'd the glenoid because you moved it up and away from midline. So so the glenoid is now like when you shrug your shoulders, the glenoid points up and out. Mm -hmm. That's right. up and away from midline, right? That's ER. Okay. But what did your what did your cervical spine do when you shrugged your shoulders? It goes down. Down. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. in an ideal world, when you want to, to stick to relative motion and be as much as pliable as you can be, uh, two adjacent bones which which have a connection would go in different directions in yes. uh, uh -huh. But now, so so, let's just say that this is one bone and this is the other bone. Okay. Right. All right. So if I turn this, can you appreciate the fact that I'm turning, uh, let's say that's IR and then this is ER. Okay. Okay. So I turn this into IR. The relative position of the other bone is ER. Okay. Right. If I keep yeah. turning, if I keep turning this, there's a constraint that's eventually going to turn everything together. Oh, okay. Yes. So it will be an orientation more. Yeah. So there you go. So this okay. is when, but so, so when you hit a constraint, either through like an increased amount of muscle activity, or you hit the end of the relative motion and everything starts to move together, you have just turned those two segments into a single single segment. And so this is where you get an orientation that you have to describe by structure. So you, you, you would say, like, if this is a femur and this is a tibia, we could say we got tibia femoral ER versus IR, or right. we have to say that the extremity is ER oriented, right? Mm -hmm. So as things start to join together, you will hear the language change. If you're just looking at a sacrum, just the sacrum in space. Okay. okay. You can't tell whether you've got relative motions or not because you don't have anything to compare it to. Yeah. Okay. So if, if we just talked about a sacrum, we say, um, somebody, some, people, some people might say, they might say nutation, counter nutation mm -hmm. to describe this, but you can't say nutation or counter nutation unless you've got something to compare it to because nutation and counter nutation are relative motions. Right. If your orientation of a pelvis mm. is the is the sacrum and the and the anominates moving as one. Right. So right. you so under that circumstance, you wouldn't describe it as nutation or counternutation because it's not relative motion. And people make that mistake all the time. Uh-huh. They think that if they tilt the whole pelvis, they are mutated. Right. But, but actually they are well, hang on. They might be, they might have mutated, right? But now they're out of motion. And so then everything has to anteriorly orient. Mm. So a wide ISA individual that started with relative motion should, should be able to nutate their sacrum. But they can only go so far. And then mm -hmm. everything has to move together. I mean, you could do the, you could do like a right foot back, left foot forward, dumbbell curl. With everything turned into IR, with the thumb pushing into ER, right? Fifty thousand views on uh, Bill Hartman's YouTube channel.
<laughs> I'm probably uh, 10,000 of those views. Good morning. Happy Thursday. I have Neuro Coffee in hand and it is perfect. Hey, Bill. Greetings. So, question about uh, narrow ISA and kind of the the anti-orientation that occurs on the right side uh, and what kind of what kind of muscle activity and kind of bony bends would you see now I kind of understand the the bend in the in the ilium and how that's kind of iterative of the axilla um, I'm, I'm still kind of a little hazy on where you'll kind of see the the anterior uh, like deltoid kind of pull in and that's kind of that's kind of like glute mead am I right on that yeah, TFL glute mead. TFL glute mead. And yeah. now from a, <clears throat> from an exercise standpoint to try and help somebody get out of kind of the concentric anterior delt slash glute mead TFL. Mm -hmm. Is this is this something that you know can be potentially uh resolved by something like like arm bars or the 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 kind of the person that I'm seeing is I've had a couple now that I get the, the anterior orientation, but I also get the extreme external rotation of the of the humerus, the um, the radius, but the distal radius is kind of distal radius hand turned into IR. Yeah, yeah. And I'm having real real problems oh. trying to get somebody into this kind of uh, frog, uh, half 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 prone frog, uh -huh. medial uh, or the medial elbow onto the onto the surface and aside from mobilizing like a radius like i've seen you do i'm i'm kind of having it I'm, I'm just running through my head right now of can i put somebody's forearm on like a ramp or something like that to try and you know what i mean on, on you can on, do on, anything on. you you can do anything you want that works max you, you know, know like I'm, I'm okay with that yeah, yeah no, you, you've seen the you've seen the band mobilization for that too right <clears throat> The band mobilization for the radius. Yes, sir. You take the you you take the band, you wrap it around the radius, you pull it towards midline, and it substitutes for your hand what your hand just did. Okay, so you just you kind of anchor it to uh, some sort of upright or take the like you know the, the mobilization bands they're that you big and wound up flat ones. No, they're about like like this wide. Uh, what do they call them? What's the what's the real name? Uh, uh, oh, like the voodoo fly. Are you talking about? Yeah, the there you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. you take one of those. You can you can you can create the mobilization that way. I see. Okay. Right. So you're you're gonna wrap it. You're gonna wrap it towards IR on the on the proximal radius. So you're gonna grab a whole bunch of tissue and it's gonna twist. The radius will come with it. Is it as good as a hand mobilization? Probably not. But it's a great substitution when you don't lay hands. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, having said that, so we got to think about um, what happened last, Max. What happened? What was last? the last thing that happened? Uh, they, they turned their hand, or they. Okay. They awesome. IR. Awesome. All right. So here's what we can do. So if we're truly going to reverse engineer this this arm contact, elbow contact thing, okay. 
think about what you would want to do first. What do you got to do? Why can't you capture the medial contact? So what's what's that? What's that um, answer? They can't uh, capture the medial contact. Why can't they capture? Oh, Max, hang on. Are you you're muted? Hang on a second. There's people making noises. There so, you go. So go ahead. Go ahead. So why, the, why the can't entire, you get it? Everything everything got got turned into external rotation. Okay. Okay. I are yeah. the yeah. Awesome. Okay. And then you twisted the hand in. Yes. Okay. So it's the differential between your hand and the elbow. Okay. Right? Yep. Okay. So there's two ways. There's two ways that I could I could get the hand even with the elbow, isn't there? Okay. Okay. We've discussed one of them. I are in the I are in the radius and then right. but you're gonna be so in, in that scenario, you're gonna be IRing the entire extremity, right? Relative to the hand. So you gotta block, remember you gotta block the hand, right? Yeah, okay. So something like you, a low oblique set or any kind of frog position with the, the or just the, the uh -huh. hand elevated uh -huh. on the. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, hang on, uh, pause for a second, Max. Greg Robbins, did you hear that? Okay, thumbs up, good. <laughs> All right. Now, what else could you do? Uh, so, hang on. That's going to get you, that's going to line everything back up in IR, isn't it? Yes. Very powerful. Very powerful. Very important. Okay. Mm. If if I was going to pick something, I would do that first. Right. Okay. Now. Let's just say that uh, you do that, gets a little bit better, and you still have a positive pistol test. What you gonna do? Going through my Bill exercise library in my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so hang on. So so you captured you 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 captured IR. Okay, you captured IR. But you got a positive pistol test, which means that I can't ER my hand. Right. So I so I still got I still got some alignment stuff to clean up. What can I do there? So this is this is now an ER problem. Okay. I need okay. early, I need an early ER representation in the hand. Okay. Mm -hmm. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I mean, you could do the you do like a right foot back, left foot forward, dumbbell curl with everything turned into IR with the thumb pushing into ER, right? 50,000 views on uh, Bill Hartman's YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably uh, 10,000 of those views. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Do you, do you see Do you see what we're doing here, though? Yeah. 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 Yeah, always easier said than done, but yes, I... I, I yeah, I, it, it's like, yeah, we're talking about like like this is a piece of cake, right? Um, it's always hard. It's always yeah. hard, all right? But you got the idea. You got the idea. 
but you need a little, you're going to need a little help most likely. Like, like if you're having that much trouble capturing the, the, the medial elbow contact, you're going to need right. some. And I, I just from a, so you don't block, say you say I do like the, the, the voodoo floss on the, uh -huh, uh, uh -huh, uh -huh. or hmm. it, it, the, the issue. Okay. So I'm connecting dots right now. It's cause like, yeah. if I put the forearm, if I put the forearm on, uh, on like a ramp, that's gonna that's probably going to anteriorly orient the thorax yeah okay okay so 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 okay let's 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 clarify something this this is really important this is really important <clears throat> if you think about um let's go back to the your deltoid question yeah okay if i'm anteriorly oriented in the thorax already okay in what direction, in what direction would the, the proximal humerus have a bias that is holding this anti-orientation in? Would it be IR or would it be ER? You had a 50-50 shot. No pressure. Yeah, it would be IR. Okay. Right. All right. All right. So here's why the low oblique sit becomes very important. Okay. Think about what you're doing in the in the forearm to produce the the IR at the proximal radius. Got it? Okay. I block the hand so it can't go too far into IR, but I'm going to be driving IR through the forearm, aren't I? Yes. Yep. Awesome. What's going to happen to the radius from distal to proximal? As I pronate that forearm in, into the, like, I'm turning everything into IR, but then I'm going to hit the constraint of it's going to go as far as it can go, right, into IR. Mm -hmm. What happens to the humerus in response to that? Okay, so we're, we're, we're not talking about any constraints right now, or, or the same person, no constraints? This is... This, you're, you're doing everything perfectly. You picked the right exercise. Like I, I wanted you to say low oblique, okay? I wanted you to block the hand. I wanted you to IR the proximal radius. But if, if I maximally internally rotate the proximal radius, so this is forearm pronation, whatever you want to call it, okay? All right. What happens to the humerus in response to that pronation? Remember the elbow is bent, which means that we have relative motions. Right. What happens to the humerus? It should, in relative motion, just should ER. Okay. Is that favorable for the reduction in the anterior orientation of the thorax? Yeah. Theoretically, I mean, yes, yes. All things being equal, yes. Yes. That's why this becomes so important. Yeah. Shift, shift, shift your weight on your booty to, to your uh, right ischial tuberosity only. Okay, and then get on the outside edge of it. All over. <laughs> uh, and, okay, so what did you do? What did you do to not fall over? Do you feel it? I pulled out on the left side. Exactly. Morning. Greetings. Um, I was hoping to get some help with like an end game wide strategy. Um, so I have a softball player with right shoulder look at the screen look at the screen repeat your your opening you cut out on me 
Um, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I just, like I said, you, your opening was garbled. Gotcha. Um, hoping to get help with end game wide strategy. Um, so softball player, right shoulder pain. pain. Um, as far as measures, like, so the right hip, basically, once it starts, like, if I'm taking your hip flexion measure, like, once she gets to about 50, 60 degrees, it just starts, like, diving laterally. Yeah. So if I get her into, like, a 90-90 testing position, just kind of, like, force her there, she's, like, missing. She's lacking about, like, 20 degrees of IR. Um, and then she's got a presentation that was, like, a little confusing to me. So... Um, if I'm remembering correctly, like the wides they get towards end game in order, like their last strategy to not fall outside base of core is to screw down on the left side. Yeah. So she's definitely like, if you look at shoulders way lower on the left side, but like it almost looks like the right side is way elevated too. Like it's not like at the left side drop, it's almost like both happened. Um, so I guess my, my question is in addition to anything else, you're just thinking, um, reverse engineering the process and know like I see a lot of narrows so like I know the first order sometimes is to elongate that right side like like a leg pull type thing like to help them get them off that side yeah when do I have to start worrying about the left side getting pulled down why it's like we talk a lot about bringing them back on the right first but I'm trying to figure out like when does the left start serving as interference in the process it is now it is interference now okay so, so think about what has to happen for you. So, so when you're measuring the hip, you're constraining the motion, like you're creating it, right? Mm -hmm. And what direction, what direction is that hip socket actually placing? Way out. Yeah, it's like right field all the way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How to get there? lot of compression <laughs> yeah well so so just, just run yourself through the sequence to get there first right so left side left side has to go up and that's gonna that's gonna like immediately so 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 here's 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 the uh i mean just look at the orientation of the of the pelvis under that circumstance and this is obviously a a pretty significant orientation to begin with right now if 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 this person is about ready to tip outside of their base of support so much that they have to, to try to pull their center of gravity back down, think about the, the compensatory internal rotation strategy that is going to be required to do so, to pull that side down lower than the other side. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so now, picture in your head, what, what it's, a, it's female? Female. Okay. Uh, so, so think about what she looks like from behind, okay? And then you think about where the where the IR is represented the strongest on the left side, okay? Mm -hmm. It's where the big dent is, right? That you can see the inward curve on the left side, okay? You're, you're talking about like kind of like greater troke level. Like that, like, and, you know, like and then and now go up into the thorax and duplicate it. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So that is going to be um, an an a 
concavity, okay, in the thorax, concavity in the pelvis, okay, which means that um, they're gonna, there's gonna have to be a response on the other side, mm -hmm. right? That. So the stronger the concavity on the left side, the more orientation that acetabulum is going to be, um, you know, creating the greater the orientation of the glenoid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So you have an, so you have an interference. It's like, okay, good luck trying to um, lengthen the right side under that circumstance. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to do it. Here's what has to happen. You have to make her look worse by, by most visual standards. Like, like, like for us having this conversation, it's not worse. It's just right. a reverse engineering process. Right. But, but for most people, they're going to, they're like, she, she's going to have that representation where uh, the left shoulder is going to go back up and it's going to look terrible to most people. And you're going to go, right? Because that's what you—that's what you need to see. Because again, if, she, if she's that—if she's that far forward, then um, you're you're not going to be able to bring her. You're not going to be able to 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 move her um, posteriorly on the right because she's got way too much ER orientation. Okay. Yeah. If you try to bring if you try to bring her back on the right. Um, all you're going to do is magnify what you've already got. Okay. So literally you have to, you have to elongate the left side. You have to reduce, you have to reduce the compensatory compressive strategy that she's using to stay inside of her basal support. So is this similar strategies and exercises I know you can use? on the right side but now it's on the left or is there a different way i got to go about it compared to how i might typically because like i almost always i've never thought about doing that on the left side per se mm -hmm. just, again i used to just see narrows yeah so are there, are there different considerations with the elongation in this case given so what is producing the compressive strategy on the left side generally speaking i'm not talking about like being specific about muscles or anything like this but like a specific muscle so what is creating what is creating the compressive stretch? Not not a muscle, like just the fact that she's on the oblique axis. Like, well, so she's she was on the oblique axis long before this. This the, the fact that she's outside her base support on the right. So she's on the left side. On the left side, what creates the result? Two not things. Sure with this. There's two things that create the result. Does she have an increase in muscle activity or a decrease in muscle activity on the left side to create the downward compressive strategy? Increase. Okay. Um, if she stands up against gravity, does gravity influence the shape of the system? Yes. Okay. Take two things out of take two things out of the equation. Number one, reduce gravity. Okay. Because think about this: if you did anything where she's pushing into the ground against gravity what is her response to squeeze well she's already doing it right it's like she's showing you it's like it's like it's like zach when i stand up and i push into the ground i get smushed down right okay so so you got to, you're gonna have to take gravity out of the equation and then you have to reduce the muscle activity that is producing the 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 result okay 
And how you do that, any, any number of, of ways. Now, YDISA, okay, now let's think about the shape. Does she have a, a, a deep AP diameter or a shallow AP diameter? More shallow. Awesome. Okay. So where, where are you going to go first? Sideline, probably. There you go. Yeah. That's what I would do. That's what yeah. I would do. Yeah. 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 It's the easiest, it's the easiest way to do it on a wide. Okay. Gotcha. So get reduce the muscle activity on the left, and that'll allow me to bring her back on the right more effectively. Uh, it's the it's your only shot yeah. to bring her back on the right. Okay. Because because back on the right for her is outside of her right foot. Mm -hmm. Like she, like as soon as you feel that deviation on the, on the right hip and it's a, it's a classic. It's like, you see it all the time on, on, on your end game wides. It's like, you start to move the, like you'll see it in their squat. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't see it that much. And then when I do get it, I'm like, Oh crap. <laughs> well, it's not an oh crap. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like, now it's like, okay, I know what's going on now. Knowing what's going on and then resolving the, the the strategy, two different worlds, right? But at least you got an idea where she's at, right? Yeah, I mean, I this, think, you know, yeah, these are these are these are really these are really strong strategies because you think about the the type of person that you got. She's a high pressure person. Um, she's very horizontally oriented in regards to her helical angles. It's like you don't have a lot of turn to play with. And so you got to create a decent shape change so she can produce the turn. Okay. Yeah, I think I, think yeah. I got. So you do this and it sounds all fine and wonderful. It's like, oh, just put it on her side. Oh, just do some, do some short arc rolls and things like that. It's like, oh, it's going to be fine. It's like, mm, you might have to lay some hands. Right. So, so be prepared for that. Right. Yeah, I, I think I've been doing. A, I've been focusing probably too much on the right side. I got probably distracted. Um, yeah, so maybe that up. It's, like, it's like it's like as soon like for for the record for the record that hard deviation. You're you're probably not gonna you're probably not gonna have the the ability to capture like if you were in supine and you wanted to try to capture a foot contact on the table or something like that. It's like you're probably not gonna get it. You're probably yeah. not. Okay. That's somebody that's this they're 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 gonna pick that foot up off the ground, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. So you, like I said, you might have to you might have to do some some manual work um to reduce the the muscle activity on the left side. You might have to do some manual work on the right side to reduce some of the uh so think about the um the position of the posterior outlet on the right-hand side at this point. Okay. That's a lot of activity. Yeah. So you think about first move on the oblique axis, eccentric orientation in that right posterior outlet. Awesome. Nothing to worry about. Okay. Lots of IR. All right. But now, not so much. Not so much. Okay. So if you, if, uh, are you sitting or standing in a minute? Sitting. Okay. Um, you, you can, you can sort of create this a little bit. What I want you to do is uh, shift, shift, shift your weight on your booty to, to your uh, right ischial tuberosity only. Okay. And then get on the outside edge of it. 
all over. <laughs> uh, okay. So what did you do? What did you do to not fall over? Do you feel it? I pulled out on the left side. Exactly. See, this, see how rocket sciencey this is? <laughs> it's like, it's like all we're doing is playing. We're we're just playing games with 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 certain maps. But but what I wanted you to see is I want you to see how far over you have to be to orient the acetabulum to such a degree that like that leg is kicking out. This is why this is why the narrow ISA traps air because they're using a forced exhalation strategy. So they clear air from the, the upper portion of the lung first, the lower part of the lung traps air. Morning. Greetings. Um, so you obviously always talk about how the lungs fill from the bottom up. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, how do they empty? Uh, what, what, okay. Um, you're in a crowded theater. Okay. Right. New Batman movie just came out. Everybody's, everybody wants to see Batman, right? Okay. Crowded theater. One exit door down by the screen. There's always that one, you know, that's always down on the, right by the front row, folks. Uh, somebody yells fire. Who gets out first? That guy. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So if you're sitting close to the door, you get out first. So this is, this is, this is the tale of the uh, narrow ISA. Right. This is why this is why the narrow ISA traps air, because they're using a forced exhalation strategy. So they clear air from the the upper portion of the lung first. The lower part of the lung traps air, because there's not enough time for the air to get out. So is that why if you if you tell them to breathe too hard, like the sternum will just go like, yeah, okay. There you go. So so you know we we can we can talk about general rules in regards to how we would instruct someone to breathe in a certain circumstance but and you you've already experienced this i'm certain is that in real time you gotta alter your strategies on a regular basis right because some people will try too hard some people have been like if you're not the first therapist that they saw which is always my circumstance right they come in with like ineffective strategies and such like they tend to overdo certain things you know you have the person that exhales so hard that they turned into a piece of paper laying on the table you know that's their ap diameter is the width of a piece of paper yeah yeah so your oh yeah i mean that's that's pretty much the whole question um easy one uh so when you when you get someone breathes in too fast then and they kind of like you know what yes. i mean um that's that's basically the same thing. Just like the pressure is ramping up too fast, and they they can't fill the bottom. Correct, and the, so this is why you, this is why you see a little bit more. It what it, it it's misunderstood as as up pump panel, but it's an orientation. Yeah, yeah, because it it's only going there. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you think about, you think about like, like a forced inhale. Um, yeah. Back in the olden days, um, before you were born, um, the track coaches and basketball coaches that were doing conditioning drills with athletes were notorious for not allowing you to put your hands on your knees and breathe between repetitions. And you used to have to put your hands behind your head 
right? And basically suffocate <laughs> in between. So there's no, there was essentially no recovery uh, between reps, right? Um, because what, what you were doing is you're just compressing everything posteriorly. The only place that you're going to get air is going to be anterior upper, right? It, it gets, again, it gets misrepresented as an up pump handle. It's not, it's just, it's pure orientation. Yeah. So there's only that much space to, to fill. Yeah.